welcome back to another fun episode of the Time Shifters podcast. We are back in studio, but sounding probably a little differently. We had to open up the mics a little bit. With me, as usual, is Matt. Welcome back. Thank you. Uh, we also have with us a blast from the past, this voice from the original Time Shifters podcast, going all the way back to the old Jonja.net. If there's anyone out there that still remembers that, is Steve. Welcome back, sir. Ah, thanks for having me again. Yep, a little, little time shifting going on here. Huh? <laughs> very much. And it, well, it's very appropriate because we decided we were going to talk about time travel. Some of uh, the movies and television shows that we, we've enjoyed that use that very, very popular... Um, what do you call it? Gimmick or you know story element? Uh, well, I think we'll talk about some of our favorites and probably some of the times we think it didn't work quite to you know as well as it could have. Uh, we are going to get into that into a minute. Before I forget, let's go ahead and let everybody know that you can send us any emails or feedback at timeshifterspodcast at gmail and of course join our Facebook group. Just go to Facebook and search for Time Shifters. Subscribe at iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or Google Play. We're all on all three, and then you can always get the URL to our RSS and link it to just about any podcatcher you want. We'll take a really short break right here and play a promo for another podcast, and then we will be back. Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Ah, necrophilia. Ah, ah, ah. It's a dead issue, man. Don't don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this? No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, crude. I know, really. Right? The next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in it. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of. It's unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this like little nerd glee with everything that kept Little history up. doll yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you, you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was How did you watch movie. this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. We are back. This is just like time travel. We like jumped like to, like a whole minute, I think, to, you know, in, in the room. It's amazing. It's amazing. All right, so time travel. Yeah, we are all fans of it. Matt said he really enjoys a good time travel story. It's it's one of those things that I've always kind of... I've been a fan of ever since watching it. I guess earliest was probably probably watching the old Star Trek when they would occasionally do some time travel. Matt just recently, Steve, he uh, watched Star Trek for the first time. Oh, that hadn't and, been an experience. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And one of the ones I suggested that he watch was uh, City on the Edge of Forever. Oh. Which is probably one of the most famous time travel stories of Star Trek. Yeah, and one of the best stories of Star Trek, hands down, period. Yeah, as I yeah. said, uh, that was one that ends up on the 
top or near the top of many people's favorite lists and everything. It ended up being on my favorite. Yeah, the it was. I saw. Yeah, and a lot of he really enjoyed. He thought Shatner was actually at his worst and his best. Yes, <laughs> I think <it's> like <laughs> worst at the beginning, best at the end. Yeah. Okay. It's a fun one, and it's a fun. That's a time travel story where you know the the the, the travelers end up not necessarily playing a part. They have to go back to correct something that happened kind of off camera, I yeah. guess, or off screen, and they actually have to correct something. They're if they had hadn't happened, all the events would have happened as they were supposed to. This is going to be a difficult episode to actually discuss, isn't it? Because trying to come up with time travel is really <laughs> weird. Well, there's different types, is what I'm trying to get at. There's different types of the time travel story. There's the where you go back in time, you just witness the events. You go back in time and turn out that you were a part of the events all along, and you go back in time and screw something up and change everything. Right. And I think those are kind of the three main. Are you, can you think of any other scenarios? Um, I guess there's just always going forward too. Oh, that's true. That's yeah. true. I didn't even talk about it going forward. Yeah, they're, they're the other half of time travel. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the uh, time travel stories that immediately came to mind as soon as we started talking about doing this topic was one of what I think is one of my favorites and one that I enjoy the fact that the story itself well the story I'm thinking of is the original Terminator yeah yeah. and what I really love about that one is you have time travel you have someone coming back from the past but if they're not coming back to fix anything they only find out we find out the viewer finds out that they kind of were part of the whole scenario to begin with Yeah. but I love the aspect of that is a the world's going to end, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. We just got to make sure that the person that we kind of rely on in the future is really going to be here. <laughs> or is yeah. going to be there when we need yeah. them. That was a really great and probably one of the first times I remember thinking or seeing anything where the story was, yeah, you're all doomed. We're not here to save you. We're just going to kind of have our little adventure before the world is doomed. And, and one of the things about the, the Terminator movies was they kept rewriting the future history as <laughs> things bit. went along, yes. <laughs> yeah, I suppose when you get into like some of the latter films, uh, they start kind of toying around with it. Because in the beginning, the world's going to end. Yeah, and there's nothing there's, they can nothing do about, about it. it. Yeah. And in the second film, we find out that the reason the world ends has a lot to do with what happened in the first movie. And don't buy, doesn't by the end of the second film they feel like they've kind of pushed off Doomsday a little yeah. bit? Right, right. But then they're also still not sure that it won't happen. Right. You know, for future movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to remember if I saw actually even bothered to see any of the other films after that. I think I sort of dipped in and out of like uh, Terminator Three. That was the one with the female Terminator, right? Yes. Yeah, that's where I think I think the Terminator franchise started kind of buckling under its own weight. Because it was kind of like, oh, okay, we've done this, and we've done this. Now what can we do? I know. Woman Terminator. Yeah. I think just also, two was so flawless that it's just kind of hard to top that. They really should have just quit while they were ahead. And that was, you know, it was just from start to finish, there was no problem with that movie. It was just a great action film yeah. with, at the time, some groundbreaking special effects. Yeah. Was that the first or certainly the most used to that sort of liquid transformation? Yeah. yeah. And it still looks good. Does it? I haven't, I, I haven't I think looked it at still it in a long looks time. Good. I mean, it's it's really shiny and you know, 3D, but it it worked within the 
the reality that they created and I mm-hmm. still think like you know you guys shouldn't have done any more it shouldn't have been an ongoing franchise because <laughs> every time they try to revive it it doesn't work now, I was actually a big fan of the the short lived series that they did yes. for the Terminator the yes. Sarah, Sarah Connor Con- Chronicles yeah. I actually really enjoyed it I'm trying to remember didn't that though I think they, that kind of took place maybe after the first film and sort of a, in its own universe erased the other films I didn't watch it. What I remember reading was they themselves travel back in time, like Sarah and John. No, that's not no, what happens. Yeah. I don't think and so. I yeah. have no idea. Yeah, no idea. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's been too long since I've watched it, but I'm just weren't, trying to... The yeah, event. weren't they breaking Sarah out of the mental hospital? Early, it's a sort of a... Yeah, early on. So, yeah, it's case, case kind of like a retelling... Between the first and the second movies, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> our, our apologies to apologies to Summer for not remembering. <laughs> <laughs> Summer Clown, yeah, that's right. Um, no, it was a great franchise that, like I said, I think buckled under its own weight and its own popularity where they kept kind of piling on. That's one of the problems with any kind of time travel story is it's hard to, okay, let's make a sequel. They're like, well, now you're really muddying things up. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, and another example of that being the the uh, the original Planet of the Apes movies, uh, not, yeah. not the new ones, but the but the the Charlton Heston uh, series where they kept rewriting the story as things went along, as they told more. Uh, that franchise, you could almost with a little wiggle, you could almost make it all hold up, at least in the beginning. Because you got the first film where you know Heston and his gang travel forward in time, find right. out Earth is now all of apes and everything. The second film we get the you know, the, the the Doomsday Machine, the Alpha Omega, the, you know the the last big bomb that right. cracks the Earth. And the third film, we got the apes that come back in time, having escaped the Earth that exploded, which I'm assuming exploded at, from the end of the second film. Right, exactly. And then start the ball rolling, and I would think you could kind of make that still work within the universe that they created? You kind of get, in the in the first movie, you kind of get the impression that, you know, humanity just, everything falls apart, and it has been a long time, and eventually, you know, there's a new evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, and whereas how things get rewritten is the time travelers cause everything to fall apart. And, yeah. you know, they, because they bring back, you know, a sentient ape. Um, so they kind of speed it up kind of speed up the story yeah the uh, the one film that I think that sort of knew that sequels would muddy things up but they embraced it is Back to the Future yeah and that's one of my the first one is one of my most favorite movies mm-hmm. um, I mean I think they lost sight of what made that movie great uh, because there's all these subtle moments in, in Back to the Future where um, you know where he has to meet the lightning bolt of the clock tower, that's the center of town. But when he heads back to the 80s, that's the run-down part of town. Every, you know, the small businesses have closed up and everyone's moved out into the suburbs. And mm-hmm. it, it was really kind of this subtle social commentary about we've moved forward, but we haven't progressed. And it, it was just these little things and, you know... And then two comes around, and they're just like, "Hey, flying things!" <laughs> and I have so—I know so many people that's like, "No, two is better." I go, two is not better. Two is probably more fun, yeah, but it's not better. More kind of embraces the comedy aspect versus yeah. like trying to actually tell a real story, right? Yeah. Like, whereas one was like a pure sci-fi uh, time travel movie, two was the time travel gimmick, mm-hmm. especially since they. Time jumped a lot, whereas in the first movie, there's 
three moments of time travel, and in the second one, there's like half a dozen. <laughs> <laughs> and the third one, yeah, probably just gets really silly. I think we're going to the west. <laughs> <laughs> That's another one. It's another example of kind of buckling under its own popularity, yeah. under the weight of its popularity. Where it's just like, okay, what can we do now? Yeah, I know, steam engines, <laughs> right? <laughs> and What's ZZ Top. <laughs> exactly. What would the fourth movie be? We're going underwater. <laughs> Oh, really? That, that's what would have happened. To space. Yeah. Yes, back to the future in space. Everyone else did it. Why not? So let's just kind of give uh, some examples of what we think are time travel stories. Matt, we'll start with you. Well, Back to the Future is definitely yeah. one of them. Um, there's a, the movie that just came out last year, um, Arrival. I'm not sure. It's not time travel exactly, but it has definitely has to do with the idea of breaking down, like, the time barrier hmm. and being able to um, perceive the future not in a prediction but in a definite matter of fact sort of way and it without spoiling too much it, it deals with the idea of you're not going to change it and you're not going to avoid it but instead it's to teach you to embrace the now and even if you know something tragic's going to happen you're not going to avoid the things that lead you up to it because the things that lead you up to it are pretty great so and that was a, a really really powerful message. So instead of fearing what's to come, just enjoy the fact that you have this time until then. Exactly. And interesting. I haven't seen Arrival yet, so yeah, that's it's, curious. It's, I had no idea it had that kind of aspect I didn't it. either. I thought it was just about like aliens Contact. showing up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I mean, it does. It deals with that a lot. But <laughs> that then, was the first thing I thought. I was like, boy, if we get to the end and find out the aliens are dead again? <laughs> <laughs> no, you find out the aliens have a pretty strong message to leave people, and uh, it... it was really good, especially with like everything yeah. that's gonna go uh, on that just, right now. That just jumped to the top of my list. Yeah, of, of, it's definitely what I, need to, what I haven't seen this year that I need to see. Yeah, have you seen it yet? Yes, yeah, definitely oh, okay. worth a watch. Definitely worth a watch. And uh, it, um, yeah, I won't spoil it, but the 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 twist there in it is is uh, is kind of unique. Yeah, interesting. That's great. Yeah, especially because I mean that's a film that came out. I see on Facebook some people watch it and then no one really talked about it afterwards so it wasn't spoiled I pretty much know the story of Rogue One I haven't seen it yet <laughs> you knew the story of Rogue One before it came that's out true, that's true that's true I can't wait watch. I can't wait for the sequel <laughs> <laughs> so Steve if I uh Matt, did you have any others? I got a list that you got I can a long go through. list. Yeah. All right, let's just go ahead let's and let's just kind of go okay. down your list. You said you got one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they either deal with time travel or some kind of time loop or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, 12 Monkeys. Oh, sure. Bruce sure. Willis movie. Been yeah, a long, I saw that when it first came out, and I haven't revisited it. Yeah. Um, but I remember being impressed as all get yeah, out. I, I like the idea of, again, you couldn't change the past. That he just he kept trying to change the past, and he didn't realize he was contributing what happened in history um, and it's probably my favorite version of time travel in that time is cyclical like mm. what happened always happened like oh somebody went back and did this yeah it was you you just didn't know it yet <laughs> yeah. um, and that is that's how history always did it because uh, I like that part where it opens with him remembering being a kid and seeing a guy run by and later you realize he was the guy right if we're gonna go let's take it back to the 80s next to back to the future Bill and Ted yes Bill <laughs> Yeah. One is far better than two, but two's yes. still a lot of fun. Two mm -hmm. still has really good moments, but one to me is a masterpiece. <laughs> yes. And again, it's been a long time since I've watched that film, but yeah, I know I, I must have watched it probably three or four times probably when it when it came out and was originally on video. I'm sure we had an old VHS copy of the you know, the movie laying around somewhere. 
you used to used to watch it and that was yeah it was and it's amazing that you know Keanu Reeves is still kicking around and now he's doing action films and John Wick and the, like how'd that happen <laughs> right speed did that speed, I suppose so <laughs> but they keep talking about trying to do a third mm-hmm. and bringing back Keanu and uh, something Winter I can't remember the other actor's name uh, it's always a joke oh the guy from Bill yeah, and who's not Keanu yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they keep saying that it's just a matter of scheduling, that a script is in the works and a studio is ready to pick it up, and it's just a matter of when. And Keanu, who's actually said that he'd come back and, yeah. and do it, that's fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, that actually gives me a little bit of, you know, it makes me like Keanu a little bit more, maybe, you know. <laughs> I would just like to see him just play the airhead again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. What What is he going to be like? That would be awesome. Um, to me, a really underrated time travel movie is The Butterfly Effect. Yeah, you know, I yeah. never got around to seeing that. That is an excellent movie. Um, yeah, Aston Kutcher. That was that was the movie that made me realize he's more than just sort of you know a dude. Where's my car actor? He's actually a really good actor. Oh, he wants to be. Um, it's just he has these. He, he's a person. They don't explain how, and I'm fine with that. You just kind of jump on board with this sci-fi element of if he looks at something from his past, if it's a book, he a uh, journal entry he wrote, or a photo from a moment in his childhood, and if he focuses on it, he can jump back to that moment in time in his in his body from then, mm-hmm. so he can rewrite history. So there was a moment that happened in his past that he's trying to fix, and then all of a sudden he cuts back to his present, and he sees everything that's changed. So all of a sudden he goes from just being just kind of a regular, you know, grunge kind of guy in college to all of a sudden he's in a frat. And he's with uh, the girl of his dreams. But then he realizes things aren't quite perfect and things are a little messed up. So he tries to go back and he changes that. And now he's somebody else and his life is a little different. But then he kind of keeps making things worse. And it's the idea of you change one little thing and the ripple effect. And right. and then he just keeps making it worse and worse and worse until he ends up in a mental asylum. And everyone's just like, no, you've been making up time travel. It's not real. It's in your head. And then he starts to question his sanity as to whether or not he's been imagining it. Yeah, that's interesting. Does it, does it leave it up to the viewer to kind of question no, it, it too? No, it, it gives you an answer. Um, and it's in this kind of like, like he has this heroic moment where he has to really make a call about what he wants to change, like, you know, once and forever kind of deal. Hmm. That's such, I would have actually really liked that idea that, that you watch the whole events and then in the end find out it might've just been in his That's head. <laughs> yeah. That, that would have been neat. I think that would have been a brave, but also controversial ending. I really mm-hmm. liked the ending they went with because it, it too was a little bit not controversial, but, um. It's the idea of your protagonist doesn't get all that he wants and you're really rooting for him, too. Hmm. There is just a jump in that made me think the whole idea that, you know, did it really happen or was in his head made me think of a film I saw a few years back called The Sound of My Voice, which was more of sort of a, a drama, but it had this sort of just a tint of sci-fi element that claimed this woman had uh, come back from the, the future and now she had sort of begun this sort of cult trying to teach people to learn and love and you know make the world a better place because she knows what it's like in the future where it's terrible and and an investigative reporter and his girlfriend kind of go undercover into this cult to try to uncover the truth and you know expose her for the fraud that she is and and they there's a lot of things that make you question 
obviously through most of the film, you're thinking she's making it up. She's not really from the future. She, her followers like, oh, sing us a song from your time. And she sings this song, but it's like something from the Cranberries. And they're like, well, no, that's, you know, that's a song from 20 years, 10 years ago. She's like, oh, I don't know. That was recorded by artists, you know, back in, you know, in 2032 is how she knew it or whatever. And in the very end, so you're assuming she's nuts. <laughs> the, the reporter finally gets a chance that he thinks to kind of expose her. The feds are after her too. And in the very end, there's a girl that she desperately wants to meet. So he sets up this meeting in hopes to allow the, I am kind of spoiling this till I apologize. I don't imagine anyone's going to go running out and seeing it. And so he said, he sets this up and, you know, the feds are going to swoop in at her. She introduces herself to this girl, and they immediately go into this very intricate uh, handshake, special handshake with movements and this and that and everything. The little girl's like, how do you know my special handshake? And the woman, who had never met this girl, says, you you know, my mother taught it to me. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and at that moment, the whole, you you kind of go, uh-huh. <laughs> the character, the man who set this all up and everything, it was just suddenly who assumed he was doing right by setting this up and finally exposing her for the fraud and getting her, you know, arrested by the authorities because I think she might have been, you know, accused for murder or something. I don't remember the whole, and suddenly he was like, uh, the hell did I just do? <laughs> and it was, it's like, that's a great little final twist. I don't know. It's, it was an odd film. It was a film that I ended up actually enjoying a lot more than I thought I would. And a lot of it had to do with that, that final kind of Twilight Zone smack in the face ending. Yeah, and those are hard scripts to get right and mm-hmm. movies to get right. If you're just setting it up and everyone's expectations heading one way, but in a good way, let's go the other way. Yeah, uh-huh. mess yeah. you mess with your head a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it also makes a second viewing completely different. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, honestly, that was a film that I loved. And actually, by even spoiling it, I probably ruined it for anyone that would actually go and watch it. <laughs> because now that I know the ending, yeah, you know, what's the what's the build up? There's right. no it's, it, that is a one time watch kind of movie. Yeah, uh, to go along with a movie that uh, leaves it up to interpretation um, is 2005's The Jacket. starring Agent Brody. Never heard of that. Never heard of that. No, he's um. It's it's set in the '90s, and he's a um, Gulf War veteran who's come back, and he uh, he's like kind of down on his luck, and he's hitchhiking one day, and this guy picks him up, and uh, cop pulls him over, and the guy that picked him up is actually has like a warrant out on him, and then the guy shoots the cop. Um, Adrian Brody's character, like in shock, falls down, hits his head. And uh, he's blamed for the crime because the guy that shot the cop wiped the prints off the gun and threw mm-hmm. it on him. And so he's spending his time in a, um, a mental hospital because everyone's saying, like, you know, his time in the Gulf War, he's not responsible for his actions. And so the doctor there is doing this really intense kind of therapy where he pumps him full of some kind of, like, psychedelic drug, puts him in a straitjacket, and puts him in a morgue drawer. And he starts having these intense hallucinations, and all of a sudden he finds himself, like, 15 years into the future, 20 years into the future. And he's trying to figure out what happened to him. And so he's trying to figure out what happened to the hospital because now it's under new management. And he found out he died. And he's trying to figure out how he died and if he can prevent it. And he's doing it along with this woman played by Keira Knightley. 
And it turns out she was this little girl he helped like the day before he ended up in the mental hospital. And so this, it's this whole thing of what's really going on. And he keeps cutting back and forth. Like he keeps waking up in the morgue drawer and he's like, I got to get back in there. I need to get answers. And it's just a really good acting by Adrian Brody because he looks like he's losing his mind. And uh, it has a great small part by Daniel Craig before he got really famous with James Bond. Hmm. Um, and then it, yeah, it gets to this, in, in my mind, to spoil it a little bit, it's this thing of like, I don't think any of it happened. <laughs> <laughs> I think the whole thing was a, was a dream, but I, you know, so many people debate it. You kind of have to like really watch it a few times, kind of with like a fine tooth comb to pull out details to come up with your own answer to the ending. I, I wrote that down. Definitely have to look that one up. Yeah, yeah that's one that's definitely slipped under the radar. Yeah, I caught it just like late one night on like a movie channel, and I was like, "What is this? This is a masterpiece to me." Wow, interesting. Um, and then the other one that uh, it didn't do well in theaters, but then later on like video and whatnot, people loved it. Is uh, Edge of Tomorrow. The Tom Cruise movie. Oh, yes. right, yeah. right, right, just right. watched that one recently. Actually, yeah, yeah, it is so good. <laughs> That's the one that they didn't they. Um, it's kind of like a Groundhog Day. Didn't they rebrand it when it went to video? The to live, live die, die repeat. repeat. Yeah. yeah, the they say the the, the naming of it was kind of the problem because it, it was named after a book, but that wasn't the name of the book. I think the book was. Um, something with the word "kill" in it, and they were just like, "Oh, that won't sell." Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I've uh, it. It's one of these things. Steve and I have had this discussion too with Tom Cruise. I I hate going to see a Tom Cruise movie, but <laughs> he does end up he's making good. some of the, really, some really great movies. movies. You, he's one of those actors you have to separate his personal life from his professional life because they're very different. What was the one we went and saw? We were out in Denver. We're wasting time the one time. It was the uh, where he's. The, the scientist in the desert planet and um, oh yeah uh, and uh, yeah is it recent uh, a few years ago now I just can't can't can't, think can't of summarize a movie without spoiling it but yeah uh, yeah yeah I can't think of what it is but it was mm. it was one of those films where like yeah it's Tom Cruise I guess we'll watch it and, god damn it another <laughs> decent <laughs> film movie. yeah yeah Edge of Tomorrow is that that yeah. kind of movie too um, and that was a movie that made me go. Damn, Emily Blunt can act. <laughs> <laughs> Another movie that's very underrated is Deja Vu. Denzel Washington. Mm, Have okay. you seen that? Do you know yeah, that movie I haven't seen that one. Um, takes place uh, in New Orleans, and um, uh, a ferry full of people is blown up. And Denzel Washington's character comes in. There's all of, like uh, he works for a local um, agency. And there's like all of these like body bags after a lot of bodies been recovered from the water, and he hears his ringtone, which is kind of unique, and he pulls out his phone, and it's not ringing, and he hears the ringing coming from a body bag, and he thinks nothing of it. But then you and then this other agency comes in, and they say we have this technology through satellites where we can, it, it's all of this data, it's tons and tons of data, and we're able to look back three days ago. But it all moves in real time. If we don't see it on screen, we can't go further back. We can't rewind. And it's always... So how we move, time moves. Hmm. He starts to realize it's not data from satellites. They're viewing the past happening in real time. 
and he starts to wonder, can we communicate with the past? And so they use the, the machine to send back a note. Um, this and it, is starting to sound really familiar. I know really, I haven't seen really it, but good. maybe I remember remember when it came out. Yeah, I so, reading some synopsis or someone else talking yeah, about it. So they send back a note. Well, actually, no, to, to go a little bit further back is, is they, they find this uh, woman whose body was among the dead, but they realized uh, she died a few hours earlier because, like, her wounds and all that don't go with the, the explosion. And they realize she somehow, her, her death is related to the guy that did the explosion. So he goes to the woman's apartment, and then he sees, like, on, on her refrigerator magnets, you can save her. And you see him, he's going through with latex gloves, and later he gets a phone call from someone after he's been there saying, we found your prints everywhere, what did you do? And he starts wondering, like, what the hell, I had gloves on, how did mm-hmm. I do that? And you, the viewer, are starting to go, what's really happening here? Because he didn't know her. He plays back her answering machine, and he hears himself on it. And um, It's just all of these things. And then eventually, as, as the movie goes on, he sends back the note, and the note goes to his partner. The partner reads the note because they're sending. The note is saying where the terrorist is. They're trying to stop it because they already caught the guy with the information they had, and they're like, "Well, can we prevent it from happening?" His partner reads the note three days in the past, goes to stop the guy. His partner dies, and he realizes he hasn't heard from his partner in the last three days. Oh, this whole nice. time, he's like, "Well, he was on vacation. Yeah, but haven't you been trying to call him? Yeah, he hasn't picked up. But we had a fight. I thought he wasn't picking up because of that." they find his body and so you realize you are in scenario two of three time travels when the movie opens the first timeline already happened we're in the second timeline and then Denzel Washington's character says send me back and then you see him rearrange the magnets you see him touching everything in the apartment and you realize that's why his prints are everywhere (laughs) and so he's trying to stop it and that's the third timeline and I've never seen a movie do that before where you the movie opens where time travel's already happened. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Yes, there's something about that that just has some ring of familiarity. Someone else must have been telling me about it or tried to give me a brief synopsis or something that sounds just just vaguely familiar. And there's right? a cool sequence where um, he is trying to find the terrorist. So he ha- he they have like this uh, headset that he can put on. So he goes out in his car... And so he's in the present, and the the headset is viewing into the past, so it's a car chase, but the guy in the past has no idea he's being chased, and the guy in the past is driving on an empty road, but because it's a different day, now there's traffic everywhere, so Denzel Washington's character is trying to weave in and out of traffic to keep up with a car that's driving down an empty road, so he's chasing a car that doesn't know it's being chased in the future, chasing a car in the past, and I'm sitting there going, this is wild. Yeah, that's pretty good. I don't have enough prescription medicine for this. Program. Right. <laughs> there's a film that often comes up on lists of people's favorite time travel movies, and it's one I've never... I don't know why I never bothered to go actually seek it out. I wonder if either of you have seen it. Have you seen Primer? Yes. Yes. That is so. Yes. There you go. I, once again, I feel like what in the world am you I doing? Not, ma- you yeah. literally need a map to take care. Do, don't watch this movie when you're sleepy. No. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Watch it at least twice. I think I've watched it three times, and it makes a little bit more sense each time. It, it, oh yeah, that's it's it's hard science. Mm-hmm. It doesn't like baby anything for you. You're either going to keep up or you're not. 
Interesting. Yeah, I don't know why I've not sought it out. And it's ever. not long. It's like an hour and ten minutes. Yeah. I, I hear about it. it like I said, if you, if you just Google favorite time travel movies, it's always it's on there. And it's like, why? Most of the time I've seen it, seen it, seen it. No, didn't see that one. See it, see it, see it, see it. Like, why have I not sought this out? You know, uh, tonally and, and the idea of like with a budget, you could probably compare it a little bit to Ink. Oh, really? That whole, you know, low-budget indie movie, just a couple of guys with a camera doing it themselves. Literally shot in somebody's garage. Yeah. It was, it's, yeah. They did a lot with nothing. (laughs) Yeah, interesting. I don't know why I haven't looked for it. I'm definitely going to have to... uh, It's on Netflix. Is it? Yeah, that's where I saw it. It's got to be laying around elsewhere, too, probably at the library, and who knows what else. It's just a, a... did you look up like how the the time travel works? Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. really wild. Yeah, I've read synopsises of it and everything, and it sounded really interesting. It just I never bothered to, to actually see the film. And I like it because it kind of there's one scene that that tongue in cheek kind of mocks time travel a little bit because there's a part where they've done the time travel, so they're back in the past uh, a few hours, and his phone rings, and he's like, "Uh oh, that's the call you were supposed to get." So now you got it. But means you intercepted it, which means your other self didn't get it. Am I disappearing? Do you feel okay? I feel fine. What do we do? <laughs> and they just start to think. And I'm thinking like they just mocked every movie where you've erased yourself. <laughs> that throws me back to what was it, the Bill and Ted Two? All right, we'll go back in time and we'll take and we'll put the keys and we'll store the keys and hide under the rock. There they are. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Well, Steve, do you have any like go-tos uh, if you're just in the mood for a time travel story? You know, one of the ones that comes, a lot of the ones you guys have mentioned, but one of the ones that comes to mind that we haven't mentioned yet is Looper. Yes, uh, that's on uh, my list. That, that was on the list. That's another one that I, I've, I've not seen. That's the one with uh, uh, Bruce Willis. Joseph and, uh, Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, yeah. yeah. Uh, Where it, they send people back in time to be... To it, execute. To, to execute, uh, yeah. yeah. Because the, the crime-solving... Uh, forensics are so good in the future that you have to kill them in the past. If you can right. get past that little conceit uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that somehow the mob has time travel, uh, yeah, it's right. actually... <laughs> well, you know, somebody's going to have it, why not the mob, right? Right, right. right. <laughs> forensics are so good that they can figure out every crime except a person vanishing and being sent into the past. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually a pretty good film. Uh, and, and one of those... You know uh, examples where you're talking about where you know what you do affects your future self. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was. Uh, yeah, that's a very that's one of uh, more the more recent one of time travel movies I I really like. Um, now that's something that you just you just hit on something is one of the more recent time travel stories. But are there really that there doesn't seem like there's really what you would call a lot of time travel stories happening anymore. Well, and I take it back. Maybe I'm I'm, I'm wrong because I'm now now thinking about the uh, the CW shows, the Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, that's I all feel time. they're superheroes yeah. and time travel. So. Right. I think uh, time travel has shifted to to TV now mm-hmm. more than the movie. I think when you say a time travel movie, you really need to put some kind of unique twist on it so people just don't go Ugh, again. Mm, gotcha. I am going to pick up Legends of Tomorrow. I've got the uh, the first season DVDs waiting for me at the library. I'm going to catch up before uh, I dig into uh, season two. It starts really slow. Does it? Yeah, you kind of have to push through that a little bit. A um, couple of the actors aren't good, and they're not in season two. <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, it, should, it should be fun. I really kind of liked that group when I was watching the, uh, the Supergirl crossover. Uh, That's the season story. two. They're a lot more polished. Ah, there you go. That must be why. One thing I'll say about Looper is uh, I was completely surprised by that ending. 
where he decides, I know how to stop this. I'll kill myself. Yeah. Because <laughs> I kept thinking, like, it was going to be one of the, it was kind of be more of like a 12 Monkeys thing of, you can't stop this. What happened? It was always going to happen. And then he's just sort of like, bang, I stopped it. And there's a small part of me that's like, I'm betting that kid still goes on to be, like, a psychotic mob leader. <laughs> like, you didn't actually save the future, you just took yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. There's a film, it was a uh, a small, like, direct-to-video film. Back in the days of direct, when there was direct-to-video was a lot more popular. You know, you go to the uh, Blockbuster and go back to that red shelf in the back where they had, like, one copy of something. Uh, there's a film I picked up called Free Jack. And okay. it starred Emilio Estevez and uh, Mick Jagger, of all people. How was that direct-to-video? I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think it's all in a theatrical, at least not here in the States. But the uh, the fun little thing in there is, you know, it, in the future, you know, because of uh, pollution and, and whatnot, you know, life expectancy is low, health is declining. And so unless you're really, really rich, you're lucky to live to be past 40. Hmm. So... The really rich people, what they do is, you know, they've developed this time travel. What they'll do is they will reach back in time and snag people right before they die. Okay. And pull their bodies forward and then use those bodies and harvest their bodies for spare parts. Oh. (laughs) Well, okay. And Emilio Estevez plays a race car driver who gets snatched right as his Formula One is getting ready to smash into a wall. And I think they replace it with some sort of... They just, you know, they send back... So the corpse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A, a charred corpse or whatever like that. But somehow he manages to escape the, the harvest process and he travels and figures out uh, uh, what's going on and, you know, adventure ensues. And Mick Jagger is actually a like a, uh, a police officer, I think, <laughs> trying to hunt him down. Or some sort of uh, heavy uh, hired by the corporation that's doing this to stop him from telling the truth or something like that. It's surprisingly enjoyable. I'm not going to say it's a great film or anything, but it was surprisingly enjoyable. I remember actually kind of thinking, I was not expecting that. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like the kind of movie that would like be MST3K'd a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there's not a riff tracks or something. Just just because of Estevez and Mick Jagger. Right, that alone. It's hard to picture Mick Jagger as any kind of authority figure. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. There was another film that was kind of like that, too. I think it was called Millennium, if I'm not mistaken. I was just thinking that. Very very similar idea. Uh, was it Chris Christopherson? Mm-hmm. And that was the same thing, where the future would, uh, you know, the plane. they they know that the plane is going to crash and all hands will be lost, and so they were are able to, like, lock on this time portal and get everyone off the plane, and they replace them with just fake bodies or something, and then they can use the healthy people to help keep the human race going or whatever in the future. It's a heck of a recruiting technique, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I read the book on that, too, which is a a bit different than the film. The film obviously has to, you know, abridge it quite a a bit. Uh, But, yeah, that's not not an awful film, you know. No, yeah, it... it, I think it's kind of a product of a time it's dated. Yeah, as I say, it suffered a little bit from the time it was made, but it wasn't... The story actually wasn't bad, yeah. If we talk about the small screen, a lot of the, a lot of the uh, sci-fi series that we become you know, such big fans of all have touch on the time travel, and some of them, you know, it's actually kind of important to the to the story. 
Um, Quantum Leap immediately jumps Quantum Leap, yeah. I love that show. I know you said you were a Bacchio fan. Yeah, I remember you because told me you were a Bacchio fan. So. Yeah, I mean, everybody's acting in that show is just... just oh, they always cast the right people. They always picked... I mean, the stories that they picked, you know, it wasn't just always a fun sci-fi movie. They mm-hmm. dealt with heavy issues. The heavy Kennedy nap, assassination. The Kennedy assassination, <laughs> where he leaps into the body of the girl that was raped, where uh, he leaps into the body of the woman who's, like, being sexually harassed at work, where he leaps into the body of the guy who's mentally retarded. And, you know, just because everyone's treating him different, he starts making so many mistakes. And there's a part where he's trying to set the table and Al jumps in and he almost breaks the plates because he's just so nervous that he's going to screw up again. And it's just, and Al's just like, be yourself. He's like, I'm trying, but because they treat me different, I feel different. And mm-hmm. it's like, wow, this is something from the 80s and early 90s. This is incredible. Yeah, maybe ahead of his time. We could almost use a quantum leap in their stories that they were telling right on prime now. time now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really showed how good of an actor Bacchio was. He really did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Babylon Five is an example where uh, they touched. Yeah, sure. Where the 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 time travel uh, story was actually kind of seeded the whole uh, <laughs> the entire story, the entire <laughs> the entire overarching story. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, and of course, you know, we can't not you know Doctor Who. Uh, but yeah, that's the that's kind of the whole point. <laughs> <laughs> but well, a lot of times they you know. The, the 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 travelers would arrive, you know, in whatever time period, and time travel didn't necessarily um, play into the play rest into of the it, story. except in, in getting them into the. But there were some stories uh, where that was actually uh, uh, an integral part of. I'm thinking like uh, like from John Pertwee's days, uh, Day of the Daleks, uh, where they actually have to prevent a, an assassination of an ambassador. Mm, right. Right. Uh, of course, one of my favorite, uh, City on the Edge of... Or not City on the Edge of... Um, City of Death? City of Death, yes. yes. Sure. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, Time travel, for the most part in Doctor Who, is just it's no different than uh, the Chevy that gets you from one town to another. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it just gives you a, a chance to, to set the story in a, in a different environment. And like we, we mentioned, Star Trek too. Star Trek obviously touches on time travel. I think in all Star Trek's incarnations, yeah, uh, I think they do time travel in one way or another. Um, I was thinking, yeah, Deep Space Nine did it, Enterprise did it, Voyager did it. Uh, everybody time traveled at some point or another in some Star Trek. Some better than others. Some better than <laughs> some just fun, you know. But uh... Uh, there was a show. Steve might remember this, talking about going back into the 80s. There was a, it was time travel. It was a series. It was definitely more of a primetime family uh, story called Voyagers. Don't remember this one. You no. don't remember Voyagers. It had, no. the, uh, it had the, the guy who dressed a little bit like a pirate. He looked like you know he had the, the, the puffy shirt and everything, but he had the Omni, which is like a little pocket watch. Travel through time to help history along. Give it a push where it's needed. When the Omni's red, it means history's wrong. Our job is to get everything back on track.
Okay. All right. So apparently the past could look like it could falter. Like maybe Edison was going to abandon uh, his research on the light bulb or something. And so they'd go back in time and go, hey, you know, maybe you should uh, look at this one more time and, you know, get yep. things going again. Yep. And, of course, he loses the, the, the gist of the thing is he loses his history book, his sort of guide. So when he goes back in time, the Omni says, oh, light's red, something's wrong, and he should be able to look up and find out what it and, what, and so what, fixes what it. Well, he ends up picking up this young kid who is, of course, a history whiz, and he he travels with him and and replaces the guy's book with the with the boy and family fair ensues. It's a ridiculous <laughs> series, but for the time it was made, I remember being a kid. Maybe it was late seventies, early eighties. It was just you know it was gold. There you go. <laughs> and it was it had the Omni. It had that great prop. I mean, is it this really great <laughs> pocket watch thing? Everyone wanted an Omni. Some of the favorites of mine would definitely be. Some of the Star Trek films, actually, uh, First Contact has yeah. a time travel element. <laughs> yeah. It ends up being one of my uh, one of my favorites. Um, at the Voyage Home, go Star Trek Four, go back to the original series of Voyage Home. Yeah, I act, yeah. it, that, for fun, like you it's said, considered it was, yeah one of one of the more fun Star Trek movies, and just yeah, just a lot of fun. And one of the more accessible for you know fans or non fans, I yeah. think, is what that one kind of boils down to. Uh, sometimes. Comedy has certainly we've talked a lot about science fiction and you know drama and action, but comedy does it too. Groundhog Day. Yes, I wanted to talk <laughs> <Yeah>. about that. <laughs> I loved uh, someone suggested uh, once they put it on Facebook or something like that, where they like they should say there's going to be a sequel of Groundhog Day, but they just re-release the original. The original. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great fun film. I mean, it's just they really just send up all the sort of tropes that are throughout time travel stories and they just they just send it up and just have a ball with it. Yeah, and it's been parodied and copied so many times. I mean, Edge of Tomorrow does it. Yeah. But I mean, I've seen it in so many television shows like uh Xena did an episode, a Groundhog Day episode. Uh Supernatural did a Groundhog Day episode, but and they always try to find ways to make it their own, but I'm just like there's nothing better than the original. Um and I remember reading something, it was somebody, maybe it was the director or the writer, but somebody said he spent 40 years in that one day. Hmm. That's like that's how he became an expert in so many things. Hmm. And I'm just like, that's incre- That's his whole life, isn't right. it? Like, he's about that old, a little bit older. <laughs> oh, i got to mention uh, some of my uh, favorite, and the, uh, the old The Time Machine. Uh, oh, of course. The, yeah. I mean, I mean, this is one of those things where you realize how long time travel's been with us as far as a story you know, idea. Uh, the film The Time Machine was in 1963, but it was based on a novel written in 1895. And that yeah. actually um, was predated, or I'm sorry, and before that, um, um, Mark Twain was writing did time travel in... Uh, 1889. Yeah, yeah, he was actually uh, with the Connecticut, Yankee and, uh, yeah, Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's court. But uh, if you want to talk, there's about like six films based on Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's court. So you go look one of those up. Uh, but the Time Machine was a was it, it's a really great novel that I enjoy, I've I've read once or twice and really enjoy. And the 1963, I think it was 63. Yeah, I think so. Uh, film is is one of my favorite time travel stories. With George Powell Productions, just, just lavish productions, beautiful, visually, just, yeah, visually, visually amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, and just a lot of fun. And that's always been I, 
if I had to make a list of favorite time travel stories, I think I'd have to put that one on top every time. We talked about it briefly on one of our previous podcasts about, uh, I think, just favorite films. Yeah, I think that was the movie that really kind of changed the time travel concept because that was, they made the machine. Mm. And before that, it was more like time travel is just sort of like, oh, step through a door or, you know, press a button. Mm -hmm. Now we have a device. And since then, it's always been about the device. Yeah. And and, and, just an amazing prop that that thing was, too. I mean, (laughs) just absolutely iconic. And so people don't really know how to get away from that. And I don't think they should. But it's always just like, well, what's our device? What's, you know, whether it's like, you know, the DeLorean or whether Mm -hmm. it's a phone booth (laughs) or whether it's a police box or whether it's a giant spaceship. It's always been some kind of large thing, mm-hmm. and that was what started that. Well, yeah. it's interesting you say that because you're right about that time when they were developing Doctor Who. They were they were talking about how they were going to represent the time travel, and there was actually discussion about they would just step into a black void at the end of the hall, and that would you know, and they would be teleported to whatever new time. So yeah, you're right. Although Quantum Leap didn't need it. No, no, he, he just, just he just, he left. just yeah. yeah. But there was but a there was that blue somewhere. light. That blue light yeah. became mm-hmm. the device in a way, like it represented it. Like right. without that blue light, you didn't know he was time traveling, mm. and so that kind of became like its own thing in no, a way. Yeah, good point. Good point. To some of the small screen, where a series didn't necessarily revolve around it, but occasionally they like were throwing like Star Trek with a toy in it. There is a series. It's not a great series. Do you, do you remember the film Logan's Run? Did you ever see that? Do you know of it? Know of it, but that's yeah. about it. There, well, there was a short-lived television series based on the film Logan's Run. So we are talking late 70s, and the television series, as, as dated as the film is, the television series is probably even more so. Way more dated, yeah. <laughs> but there is one story, and I want to say it might have been written by D.C. Fontana, who was a prolific uh, science fiction writer through the uh, 60s and 70s, wrote a lot of Star Trek. And she penned this one where uh, the basis of Logan's run is, you know, it it takes place after the world has destroyed itself through war. Uh, Dome cities are kind of like the the only uh, uh, leftovers of humanity kind of thing. Well, Logan and his uh, companion Jessica learn that escape the domes, looking for something called sanctuary, which is where people can live and they can live freely and all this. And so they travel. Of course, the world has now regenerated itself to look like Southern California, as it always does in the park. <laughs> <laughs> and they, 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 they travel and they, they meet up. They, they find uh, you know pockets of civilization, the villages. And they find this one uh, place which has a, a bunker with a computer in it that's been protected from the, from the war. And... About the time a time traveler shows up from the past, they he, from I believe if I'm remembering it correctly, he's coming from a point where the world is just it's right on the brink. They it war is inevitable. They just don't know what the trigger is going to be. So they build this machine that's going to be protected. You know, it's going to be housed in a bunker and it's going to record everything that happens, all the news feeds and everything. And he goes forward in time to collect the data hoping that they'll be able to read it and go, ah, there it is, that's what caused it, and maybe prevent it. What goes on in between isn't really as important as that he finally he gets his data, he gets his tape, and he goes back in time, returns to his own time, 
And before Jessica or Logan and his, and Jessica leave, the time capsule shows back up with like a little uh, uh, display device, and they play it, and it turns out what triggered the war was the discovery that time travel existed. <laughs> time travel was you did it possible. to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Because the, the leaders of the world now, you know, you could go back in time and Do assassinate anything. any leader in the world and, you know, anything is up for grabs. And that's when someone finally decides to push the button. Yeah. And so out of a series that was pretty unremarkable, <clears throat> other than just being like a kitschy, you know, ridiculous late 70s television series... There's that one gem. <laughs> There's just that one story and that twist that I just absolutely love. Yeah, it's it's really yeah, it's pretty good. You know, the, just a couple other uh, films that just jump out whenever I think of the time travel stuff is uh, uh, Final Countdown, which at least has, if nothing else, has the uh, what like the uh, the F-14s going against Japanese right, zeros, right? <laughs> which is uh, a lot of fun. <laughs> I don't know that. I don't know that it's a remarkable movie, but it's a no. fun movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the uh, Philadelphia Experiment. Mm. Same idea, kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, those two kind of always always jump out. Again, have, those are the kind of films you haven't revisited in a long time, and you wonder, yeah. you, you think back, oh, yeah, that movie, I remember, that was great. And I wonder if I watched it now, I'd be, hmm, yeah. <laughs> yeah the, 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 the Philadelphia Experiment, you have this, this cliche, spoilers, but for a... What nearly forty year old movie now? I guess we can yeah. we can have spoilers um, of somebody taking the long way around, right? Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. His 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 crewmates all go back to the to the present, the future, whatever, uh, um, uh, and he doesn't, and so he takes the long way around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are there any before we, we we close out? Is there any stories or films that you you can come up with right off the top of your heads that you really think just absolutely? Bad, just did time travel horribly. They had no business diving into the idea. Besides Time Cop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably any Terminator movie after two. Mm-hmm. You know, it just became the gimmick. Right. I try to avoid them, you know. It's mm-hmm. like usually something's like that awful. It's like, well, I won't go near it. <laughs> yeah, right. Um Oh, I can't remember what it was called, but it, I, I only saw it through MST3K, where the guy made a time machine in an airplane, and he, like, went to the future, and I'm just like, it looks exactly the same, and, like, they, like, he gets a reporter and, like, his ex-girlfriend on the plane, and then they go up in the air, and then they come down, and then it cuts to them in a cafe, and the guy's like, I can't believe it, we're in the future! I'm like, you're at a cafe, what's <laughs> the future, what is this? <laughs> I wonder which one that was. For the last ten years, audiences have only been able to enjoy the cult classic, Time Chasers, one way. Until now. Time Chasers finally comes to DVD in a special anniversary edition with enhanced visuals and sound. After more than 15 years, you're invited to meet again for the first time. Nick Miller, Lisa Henson, J.K. Robertson, Matthew Paul, and Nick's past self. Sure, I got a transport too. The new anniversary edition is chock full of special features with lost deleted scenes, audio commentary, and behind the scenes documentaries, including Memories in Time, 
which reunites the original cast of Time Chasers for a humorous look back at the film's history. The whole thing was just a delight. Don't wait another second to grab this cult classic in its original theatrical version. Because time waits for no man. Yeah, and it just it just sort of spirals out of control, and it becomes zany, and there's this evil CEO who wants to use it for his personal gain, and they end up back in, like, the Revolutionary War, and it's just... Wow, it's okay. Not okay. good. Okay. <laughs> so dig that one up. I have no idea. You sure it's, you didn't fall asleep between, like, a couple it, films? And- it's only watchable <laughs> because Mike and the robots are making fun of it. <laughs> Excellent. It must have been something from the uh, Sci-Fi Channel days, maybe, or something. Cause I don't remember that one at all. Oh, it's, maybe it was even Joel. It might have been that oh, old. Oh, wow. I'm not uh, sure. Um, but actually, a, a, a time travel movie that was good, but they could have done a little bit more to make it great, was uh, The Time Traveler's Wife. Oh, interesting. Did you ever oh, see yeah. that? Mm. Yeah. I like that. It's the idea of he he himself time travels, but he can't control it. And he just ends up at different moments, um, th- kind of throughout his timeline. Mm-hmm. And so there's a part where he's working at a library, and all of a sudden this woman comes running up to him and goes, "It's you! I can't believe it's you!" And he's like, "I've never met you before." She's like, "I've known you since I was a little girl," and he has yet to meet her at all those different moments of his life, and he influences his own life. And it's based on a, um, a novel, and. Um, I didn't read it, but my wife did, and we went and saw the movie together, and I was like, you know, it really... Because it opens with, uh, he's a little boy, and his very first time travel is, um... He time travels just out of his mom's car and ends up, like, ten seconds before the car's supposed to crash. Like, the car's about to crash, he jumps, and then he sees the accident happen. And then his older self shows up and puts a blanket on, because every time he time travels, he loses whatever he's wearing. (laughs) And he just sort of says, like, you know, he says, like, you know, your time travel, this isn't going to make sense right now, but you're going to be okay. Throws a blanket on him, runs off. And I remember saying to my wife, it would have been really interesting if you find out that the accident caused was himself. And then she goes, in the book it did. <laughs> he like he ran across the road, and that's what caused the car accident. Interesting. Now, and he's I've... tried to stop the car accident at different times and things like that. All Everything that you mentioned in there, that's so interesting that's in that film. There was a television series, I don't think it lasted any more than 12, 13 episodes, that was maybe on Fox, which is notorious for it's trying the great things <laughs> and pulling the plug. And I can't think for the life of me what the name of the series was, but it was all very similar. The guy is suddenly discovers that, you know, he'll be somewhere and all of a sudden, he's back in time. And when I, I want to say when he's back in time, I don't remember, I want to say he shows up and he's, you know, stark naked and, and and then he has to, yeah, he suddenly finds out he influences things and I want to say he actually changes something in his life and, you know, suddenly he's got a daughter instead of a son and hmm. And, it, and a lot of it has to do with, uh, you know, the, the, the stress that it puts on his personal life in the real time or mm. whatever, you know, with his wife and his work, because I think he's a journalist um, of a newspaper. So it has that added thing of this is right when the newspapers really started to disappear. And so they deal with that in the series. I wish I could remember the name of this series. It was it's worth watching, especially since it's only, you know, maybe twelve episodes if you can find it, but I can't remember the name of the series for the life of me. But it was all very it, uh, very similar to that uh 
that idea. He travels back just you know within his timeline. Yeah, and it's really clever because there's parts where like um, he and his wife are having an argument because every time they're trying to have a baby, it turns out the baby has whatever is in his DNA. So like the fetus keeps time jumping and dying and mm. so it's causing her miscarriages wow so, they didn't go that deep okay so it, yeah. it, it goes to like kind of a dark place so he decides i'm gonna get a vasectomy i'm not gonna do this to her anymore and he does it without telling her so she's upset so she like you know she leaves him for a little bit she drives off in her car his younger self shows up and she confides in him and he and he's like wow he's being a dick and it's like it's you <laughs> and so they get intimate and that's how she conceives her first child so and when she tells him she's like do you remember that time in the car in the rain he goes oh no and she goes it's not cheating it was you <laughs> <laughs> oh my god he misses his own wedding but then his older self shows up and steps in for himself and it's just all of these clever little things that's and, awesome i had no idea yeah very interesting well, I think I mean, we've been talking for just almost an hour now. Um, I think if we, we we could sit here and scratch our heads, and I'm sure as soon as we hit stop, we'll probably think of you know half a dozen things. Did you have anything left on your list? Um, off on my list. Oh, here's a bad time travel movie: Men in Black Three. <laughs> okay. That was just the whole. We've got to keep this this franchise going. Ah, third time traveling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that could have been improved if. If just Men in Black 2 was different, if they didn't bring back Tommy Lee Jones, if they try to do their own independent story and keep it going, and then you find out in 3 he's got to go back and save Kay's life, that probably would have been a bit more interesting. Mm -hmm. But just the whole idea, I got to time travel, why? We want a third movie, but (laughs) here's our unnecessary plot device. Kind of like uh, Austin Powers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole franchise that I mean, the yeah. first movie's okay, and after that, <laughs> but at least I mean, at least that wasn't something where it was really trying. Right, it, it doesn't really try. Yeah, know, to do it to do it right, they just that's the story, that's the gimmick. Uh, last movie on my list. Uh, this has like a, a special place in my heart because I remember seeing it as a very young kid. Uh, Flight of the Navigator. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. That I was, forgot that was a time that had yeah. some time travel in it. I think that was the first time travel movie I really saw. And as a kid, I didn't appreciate it. And then when I saw it later, I was just like, this is complicated stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the, form, the form of time travel. Like, oh, you went faster than light, then you came back. And so you didn't age, but everyone else did. And as a little kid, you're like, whatever, the spaceship looks cool. <laughs> yeah, the big, the big silver teardrop. Yeah, That's... I haven't watched that film in a long time. That's one where I really wonder how it holds up to an adult viewing Mm. and whether I'd be better off not even looking to find out. For me, you get more into the sci-fi and less into the fun family stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's like there's something different to appreciate. But like some of the more cornier things, you're just sort of like, fast forward. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, this has been a fun discussion. Absolutely. Steve, thank you very much for joining us for thank, this. Thank you uh, for inviting me. You're, you're welcome back anytime. I may have to do that. <laughs> uh, what we generally do, we kind of have like these general discussions, and then we usually uh, kind of each, our, our next uh, couple discussions will be kind of on that theme. So I think we'll probably pick a couple time travel films. Uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun actually digging up ones that one or the other hasn't seen. Yeah. And then, uh, and then. Uh, watching it so it's a first time watch for one of us so mm-hmm. I think we're going to have to maybe try to do that and if you want to you want to come back and join us on uh, I'll 
all three or one or whatever, we can throw a third you know, film into the mix. Um, but I think that is going to do it. Uh, Matt, thank you very much. Great list. You kind of carried this whole thing uh, really with a list. I didn't camp a list. I had, I had a list of just films that had lots of time travel in them, but <laughs> I weren't necessarily just wanted to make sure there wasn't some things that I forgot. I want to thank everybody for listening and downloading. Like I said, timeshifterspodcast at gmail.com for any feedback or suggestions, or go to the Facebook group. Thanks for downloading, and we will talk to you next time. Bye, everybody. See ya.